Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is author Philip Syracuse from Horsefly Chronicles Radio. Philip has been to heaven during his near-death experience, and today we're going to learn about it. Philip, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm intrigued by your show, and I wanted to share my experience with those that may have had a near-death experience or people that want to know if the other side actually does exist. Well, if you don't mind, can we just start on the day that it happened and go from there? In 1981, I had a routine visit at the dentist office in Staten Island, New York. My mom had taken me, and like I said, it was a routine visit. It was the dentist and the assistant, and they found a cavity, and he was picking away at the cavity, and then he was going to start his procedure. I was feeling a lot of pain. Um, so I went from like a routine cleaning and visit the checkup to a cavity, and um, I guess what he must have been hitting a nerve on the tooth. So they started to give me nitrous oxide, which is sweet air, laughing gas back in, back in uh, that day. And I was still feeling pain. And I kept pulling away and they gave me more. Well, when they gave me more of it, within about a minute or two, I felt myself leaving my body floating upwards. And I remember being at the ceiling and I'm looking down at my body. And as I'm looking down, and I'm trying to say, hello, mom, mom, can you see me? And I was pulled through the ceiling up into the sky. And now the dentist office is looking small and I'm going further and further up. And then I was pulled into this wormhole this vortex i i in a way i say it's like a vacuum cleaner hose um it was so big it was and i was pulled in it like a suction and i was being pulled through it so fast i mean to describe the speed would say thousands of miles an hour this is my spiritual body being pulled through and i'm feeling wind as if I was sitting on the tail of an airplane going fast. That's how it felt like the wind was just enormous and I'm being pulled so fast. And it's, it's that wind of coming against me and there were turns in this thing. And what's interesting, Jeff, is that the beginning of your YouTube shows, um, you have that thing, that vortex thing. And every time I watch it, it just brings back these memories um, and I remember being pulled really, really fast and it kept going on and on. And then I started to hear not music, but some kind of sounds of harmony, some like soothing sounds. And I really can't describe these. It wasn't music. It was sounds, beautiful sounds, absolutely beautiful. And there was a pinhole of light, not too far far away in this tunnel and I started to get closer and closer. So I'm being pulled into this light somehow through a tunnel and then I come to the end of the tunnel and this tremendous light opens up, this white light, like a tremendous sky of eternity. So how I would describe that, we look into the sky now and yes, we could see it's so big, but this is a sky that was beyond perfection 
of the colors of mist blue, but a perfect color of that blue clarity. And it just went on and on. And then I was drifting. So I was sort of like levitating over this landscape as I'm out of the tunnel. And I feel nothing but peace, no pain, no, at that point, I'm not remembering where I came from as far as the dentist and being worked on. And I'm taking in all the nature and all the beauty. And it was beyond the words, my simple words of perfect. It was beyond that. The landscape itself had colors that I really cannot describe. And as I'm doing this and drifting, there's also these sounds coming through, these vibrational harmony sounds. That's the best way I could describe it. And the fields. Now, these are the fields I would call in a place that I felt I was home. This is where I felt I was home again. My, my soul, my outer body felt like I'm back. It felt so good and beautiful. No pain. No judgment, no doubt, no fear. And I'm drifting and I see thousands and thousands of people, which if I had to stay with called souls, but they were they were part of us when they've crossed, I believe. Um, and everyone looked so good. They looked beyond um beyond beautiful and their complexions. They look between a lot of children and teenagers and middle-aged people, but the, even the middle-aged to the elderly looked perfect. And they're and the way they just, they were glowing with energy around them. And I remember this garden. Now, as this is happening, and I'm saying I remember a garden. It's as if this is all second memory again. I'm being pulled back to a place I once was. And the garden, I call this the garden of love. The garden, you can feel the vibrations of the flowers, the roses. So when we look at a flower in the physical world, we, we can enjoy it for its beauty. But on that side we feel the vibration of love from everything, every blade of grass, every flower, every rose, every tree was perfect in diameter. Every leaf, everything around me was bliss. It was total bliss. And I'm taking these feelings in of joy and through the consciousness, I can feel thoughts through some sort of telepathy from the people out there that I'm looking at because I'm floating over everybody. And everyone's saying, like, in a way, we're, we're happy you're back, you're home. And it was like a, a rejoiceful um, coming of, you know, I'm back where I'm supposed to be. Now, one of the things that also stuck out was coming far from these fields was this angelic looking being. And, and this is how I describe her. She looked about a mirror image of my age. In 1981, I was 14 years old. She had long blonde hair and crystal blue eyes, no wings, very angelic. And when I say angelic, because she had this vibrational feeling of not only love, but of healing and soothing. And she was coming closer to me. And she started to pull me, not by the hands, but by vibrational feelings through the field. And as she's pulling me through some form of telepathy, through the conscience of where I am, she's telling me, you're okay. I'm here with you. I'll always be with you. I'm watching you. And, the, and I'm taking all this in and Again, my simple words are vague, but it was beyond bliss. And I and I can't give a time because on that side there was no time. Time and and space, 
doesn't exist. Somehow it's all correlated into one. It's all connected. And I was pulled. And then she brought me over to my grandparents. My grandmother crossed over earlier that year in 1981. And um, my grandfather. And then she went away, the young angelic being. She went away. And I said, Grandpa. And I never met my grandfather. He had on this really nice suit, a top hat. And my grandmother had this uh, blue dress that she was buried in the physical world. And he goes, hello, Sonny. And I said, Grandma. He turns to her and he goes, why is Philip here? And she looks at me and I'm like, Grandma. And she points her finger at me. And she says, go back now. And I remember the last word I said was grandma and I'm being pulled into this wormhole again, going backwards so fast. And again, I'm still hearing these sounds of heart and that wind force <clears throat> behind me uh, being pulled so fast. And, and through my conscious thoughts, I'm like, I'm not going back, meaning to the physical world. I'm not going, I'm not going. Somehow the thought process of and, and how we create an image of thinking on that side, we have some sort of control. I stopped in the tunnel and the tunnel was black. It was void. It was nothing there at one point. No more sounds. It was complete darkness. It's as if I was lost in the universe. One, no one's ever going to find me. And that was scary for me. That was very scary. And I kept praying, I want to go back and see my grandparents through my mind, take me back. And I was being pulled back now the opposite way through this tunnel. And I see the pinhole of light and I make it right to that opening again. And then all of a sudden I'm pulled so fast backwards as if my grandmother knew that I was going to try to come back, that I went right through this tunnel and I'm pulled right over to my body being worked on. Now my body's at a hospital. They're giving me oxygen and I'm looking from a ceiling down. I would say the ceiling point down. And I just kept saying, I'm not going back into that body. I'm not going back. I'm not going back because when you come from a place of perfection, I mean, I would call this heaven, um, home, heaven, you know, the words are undescribable. Um, I didn't want to go back. And I just kept thinking, to myself through my again conscious thoughts because there's no physical thoughts i'm not going i don't want to go and i was pulled right into my body as if i slipped into a glove and i'm gasping for air and i'm feeling this pain and i'm gasping for air and i'm saying to myself through my mind now the physical mind no no i don't want to be here no no and they i guess however long they were working on me they they you know medications and whatnot they were able to get me out of that not breathing state and i um was sad i was happy to see my mom and and go through what i went through but i didn't want to be back and and uh i guess you don't really know what i'm saying till you actually cross over and you experience that and then coming over is back into the body is um difficult you feel that heaviness that sluggishness that, you know, I'm back and I still have to complete. It's as if you feel like you still got to complete this journey that you've chosen before you were born. It's like we write out the journey of our life and you have to complete it. That's how I felt. And that's where I had a hard time at 14 years old understanding it. And I remember um, going home the next day. And one of the things back in, in those days is, you know, I did mention it to my parents. I believe I was in heaven. But, you know, 70s and 80s, that was, you know, coming from a Catholic background, they didn't want to hear that. There was more of a dream state. You had an illusion. It wasn't real. Everything's fine. You had allergic reaction. I was born with severe allergies, almost everything under the sun I'm allergic to. And I guess, you know, penicillin and then, and then um, this nitrous oxide, whatever it did me in, you know, I, I didn't, 
completely drop out, but I was at that point of the body, you know, was fighting this fight. And I'm happy that I'm here today, but I'm also, every day that I do live, there's that big question mark of why, why, why did I come back? So a year later at the age of 15 years old, I will never forget. This is another pinpoint that happened to me that it's stuck in my memory and my surplus memory. I'm in the backyard of my parents' home in Staten Mountain, New York. And I kept thinking through my mind. It's a beautiful summer day. And I said, God, if I was really in heaven, in your home that I felt I was in, I want a sign because I don't believe that I was. I want a sign. Give me a sign. And um, the next day, my mom, I have uh, three brothers, two sisters. My mom says, let's go for a walk. And we lived on a long street. And she's taking us for a walk down the street. Just a nice family walk. My father was at work. And I felt halfway up the block, I felt this energy next to me on the right side of me. And I turn. And it's this angelic being, the blonde hair, crystal blue eyes, 14-year-old that I seen on the other side. And I'm, I'm grabbing my mom and my brothers. Do you see her? You see her? My older sister says, I see her. I see her. I was like, you see her? And she's seen her. And she's talking to me and she's, she's happy. This, this this angelic being, she's laughing, she's giggly, and she says, don't worry, silly, I'm always going to be here. I'm always watching over you. I'm okay. I'm here for you. And I felt that love and that peace that I felt on the other side, which I would call, again, I would call it heaven. I felt it. And my sister and I, my older sister and I talked about this for years. And I and I asked my sister, who is she? And she says, I don't know. But somehow I know who she, I know her, but I just don't know from where. And I was like, well, this is the one I seen in heaven. This is that being, that angelic looking being I seen in heaven. But the conversation doesn't really go anywhere because um, the validation was my sister seen her, but you can't prove something that never came back. Well, about 10 years later, in a dream, this angelic being came into the dream and she was taking me over the ocean and, and I'm feeling her presence and once again, her love, and then she disappeared. And two years ago, I was having some issues in the physical world and self-doubt, um, just life itself, life things, and um, she appeared. And when it's a difference between a dream and a vivid dream and a real dream, like this is one of those real dreams that you wake up the next day and you can still feel the emotions behind the dream. And in the dream, she's telling me, it's okay. I'm here for you till you come back. I'm here for you. I'm always here for you. And that was a few years ago. I get asked a lot. When I crossed over to this other side, pe people always ask me, did you see God if you were in a place called heaven? Did you see Jesus? No, I didn't. I do believe, but I didn't see. What I did see and feel was this. I felt and seen an unstoppable light of energy of love. I felt like I didn't need to see a creator because the light was the creator because once you're in that light it's that acceptance of not only you feel that you're home you're in that kingdom of love but that is it that's that's it that is it that's everything and everything that we take as simple in the physical world every blade of grass and flower and rose and tree I can promise you, look at it a little bit different because when you cross over, when you do make it to the end of this journey and you go to that side, 
you're going to feel the energy that comes from it, that that bliss and that love feeling. And, and everything over there is alive, in a sense. It's all alive. I can tell everyone out there today, through my, I'm 54 years old, and I look back at the age, to the age of 14, and if it wasn't for my oldest sister to see this angelic being, and if it wasn't for the angelic being to come into the physical world and then come into these dream states that I've had of realism, I would have self-doubt and believing that this was real. To all the listeners out there, I can promise you, and I mean this, whatever fiber in my body that it's real, a place, whether we, you want to call it heaven or home or the pureness of ecstasy, and again, these are such simple words, does exist. And you'll know when you get there. Live this journey and don't take any shortcuts. And what I mean by shortcuts is we can't cut it short and say we want to go home again. It, it, it's We're designed because you've designed it in a way where you have to do this, whether you bring children in and grandchildren into this world or whatever your mission is. One of the things that I did take away and this experience is that it's not about money in this side. You need money to live, but it's about what you can do for your fellow man. It's about what you don't expect anything. Just do things out of the pureness of your soul's heart, not your mind, because the mind could play deception on how we think of, well, I don't know, because maybe they don't deserve it. Don't do that. Feel it, do it, what you feel, that vibration of giving, caring, helping, loving, sharing. I wanted to talk about these near-death experiences because it's something I've held back for so many years. And I believe people should know the realism of it, the truth of it. And there's so many people that have had similar experiences. And the fact that we do go on. This isn't the end once we cross over in the physical world. The body, yes, but the body's just a shell. When I looked at my body, I didn't want to go back in. It's as if, okay, well, that's my body, but I'm not going back. The soul has always, I believe, existed at some form of pure, pure energy, and it'll always go on. There's no beginning, and, and I truly don't believe there's an end. And that's my experience. Well, Philip, thank you for sharing your experience with us. I want to kind of take you back from the beginning and kind of work my way back through. When you were a child and you were first leaving your body and you were calling out to your mom, and then you slowly started leaving the office and you went through the office and you were going up into space or wherever, were you panicking at that time? I was curious of what was happening, but I was also um, ex excited in a way, like, where am I going? You know, I'm a teenager and it was a journey, but I didn't know where I was going and I didn't know the real part of it. it it's hard to separate Jeff, the real part versus the physical, leaving that physical because we're only, we only know that the physical is the, the real of us. And when you leave the body, up until you leave the body, then you start to say, well, okay, I'm excited because I know that that's just the show. Um, that's not really who I am. It's you, you take in all the things of who you really are, the consciousness of who you truly are as a being. When you were going through the vortex, you described the sound, I believe, of as like... Um chords or melodies but it wasn't yeah. really songs no no songs like melodies yes since you didn't have a body did you feel the music or do you still think you were hearing it through the consciousness not because uh, again there's a spirit body and through the consciousness you know when i crossed over we have five senses right when you cross over, it's as if you have more senses hmm. that we don't have here. And that's a good question because it's hard to dissect. How did you hear the sound without an ear being audible? 
but it comes through another way. When we see on this other side, I call through the mind's eye, the conscious mind's eye of, of seeing. And through the audible, it's through, I guess, through the energy of us. I pose the question as fe- as feeling the sound because that's what some of the other guests seem to explain it as. Like they feel hearing God's voice or they feel hearing the sounds within them. That makes sense. Feeling, feeling it. Um, that would make total sense to me. And you said melody and that's starting to ring true because it wasn't music. It wasn't songs. It was these chimes and melody. And again, I really can't describe it. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was beautiful. That part was soothing, mm. very soothing. When you came back, which do you think was more difficult for you? Knowing that you've got to go and fulfill this life journey, mission, contract, or just the act, or or just being back? When I looked at my body, I didn't want to go back 1,000% because we're so limited. Here's how I could describe it. We're so limited here in the physical world of our capabilities, of our senses, and what we can do and feel through vibrational energies and, and, and true love. On that side, there's more abilities and um, everything is like magnified tenfold of what we have here and wanting to go back into the physical body. You just, it's just the point where I don't want to go back because I know that's home. That's home. This is not home. This is a journey that I've agreed to complete, but it's not home. I guess what I was getting at is like, were you more disappointed in not being home or disappointed that, Oh, I've got to go do this journey that I signed up for. More disappointed in not being home. Hmm. It took me a long time to get over that. Do you feel that the angel was either your guardian angel or possibly a member of your soul group? Up till today, I still think about that. Um, I'm going to say soul group. Some sort of soul family. Yeah, because it's interesting that your sister saw her too, and maybe your sister is a member of that family. Isn't that interesting? You know, we've talked about it for years. In fact, we've talked about it recently. Um. But there is no explanation. She really can't, you know, I know her, but I don't know from where. So that would make sense that it's part of the soul family. And this angelic being, you know, when I asked for a message or a sign from God, and I was in my mind at the age of 15 years old, well, there it was the next day. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to tell you your reality. I mean, maybe she was an angel. I just was asking. I would say, well, angelic being, I would say soul group. I really can't give an identification on mm-hmm. this being besides mm-hmm. pure love, energy, hope. She was everything that that other side was, is what she was. She was every failing and vibration of that side. When you were over there and you saw like thousands of people, what were they doing? Well, first I'm going to say they looked, they looked great. They all had this energy around them, this glowing energy, this yellowish, the yellow color around them, but they looked perfect. There were families. Now, when I talk about these fields of heaven and the fields and and um, and the garden, they were playing in the fields, playing on the swing sets. Um, there are homes that I've seen in a far distance. I've seen homes, and they're similar to what we have here. But and it's not that they're big homes. It's that they're homes of enjoyment of 
perfection, how the souls on that side wanted to create the image of where they want their dwelling. That's what I was gathering from that is that through, you know, through the thoughts and consciousness on that side, you can, again, you don't have to speak any kind of language or words. It's all telepathic. Right. And you can think through the consciousness of, I want to move closer to the field. I want to move closer to the garden. I want to move closer to these people through some kind of a thought process. And when you do that, it, this vibrational energy pulls you, I call it drifting, because it's as if you're floating through getting to that part. Um, and the homes really stood out to me. Now, you know, the part of heaven that I was in, there were tens of thousands of, of people and, you know, souls, I say souls here, but I would say soul family over there, people just like us, just like us. Everyone looked great. And the part I got to see was that I was feeling emotions from these people. I was feeling thoughts from these people. I was feeling the vibrational love from everyone. It sounds like when you describe them, they are different in appearance from your angel. Most definitely. So maybe then that was an angel and not maybe soul family and other beings, you know? I still think about that. I try to uh, differentiate the difference between the physical, the spiritual, and the angel. And the angel just stood out to be completely different because when she was in the physical world, when I turned to my right, she made me feel that feeling on the other side, that vibrational love. And so was she really an angel? I guess I'll know when I get back. Right. Do you feel like over there you were able to move by thought and so your movements were almost instantaneous and when you came back here everything was slow and sluggish when i came back it was back to the reality of who i am and the, the motions that we have and the motor skills that we can move and breathe and we're so limited on this side compared to the other side there's no limitation you know um, it's completely night and day, night and day. Could you describe it as being more real over there than here? And here is the dream. One million percent, Jeff. One million percent. That's real. That's the realest of real. And that, and that word over here is the dream state of, we think it's real because Let's let's face it. On that side, you have more abilities. You have more senses. You have more feelings. You can you can pick up everything. When I was talking about the blade of grass and the flower and the rose, that you can feel it. You can't do that in the physical world. You can pick it up and smell it and touch it, but you can't feel the vibrational love coming from every single thing. And people ask me, and I talk about this all the time, is those blades of grass stick out in my mind. You say, well, it's just the blade of grass. And it's not. It says each blade was beyond perfect, and you can feel each blade as you're drifting through it. It's its own energy of love, and you can't do that here. Here we're limited on everything we can do. I've heard that we think about eight or 9,000 thoughts a day. Our mind is just constant chatter that goes on and on. Over there, can you remember if that chatter disappeared? Over there, it's simple, perfect. There is none of that. That coming through like these static waves of, of what we're thinking, what we have to do, and, and it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. It's as if, you know how it is? It's as if each conscious thought is focused on one particular thing because there's no time there. 
picks up the vibrational energy from that thing before it moves on. So you look at the blade of grass, you feel the blade of grass through the energy. You look at a rose now, and now you focus on that. You look at a flower, and you it's very, very simple and beautiful and love-worthy because none of that happens over there that we're going through in the physical world. So after you came back, how did you change both mentally and physically? Growing up in the 80s, again, I, I try to talk about my experience and thank, you know, I'm thankful that my oldest sister was able to see what I've seen. And when I told her my story about crossing over and, and she says, I believe it because I, you know, I've seen this girl uh, when you've seen her. And that's kind of ironic. And it's changed me because now my belief system is this. And I know there's people that are skeptical and atheists and don't want to believe in certain things. And I get it. I understand. I can say this. It does exist. We don't, we don't really burn out our energy, meaning our body, yes, but not the energy of us and the true essence of each of us. And it's changed me because now I feel like I'm a messenger to help people get through some of the things, through doubt, through fear, through hate, through anger. I talk to people. Um, you know, in the 80s, again, I was just a normal teenager. But that, I felt like now I was slowly becoming a empath and a lighthouse towards things that I really couldn't understand within the physical realms. So it's as if a door had opened up that the other side knew, um, hey, you've been here. There's a communication like you're on our channel, for example, like you're changing the channels of a CB and you're on that frequency level. And I grew up the same way everybody else grows up as a teenager, you know, but I was also more in tune to my spirituality. You mentioned that you were empathic or or are empathic. Have you noticed any other abilities that you gained from this experience? I've gained the feelings that I can spread out when I when I sit down with people and I, and I talk about that one-on-one of trying to help another person, whether they were thinking about suicide or I, I try to make them feel where I was in that place and try to help them realize that this is a difficult journey for many, many people. And again, I said in the beginning of the show, that's kind of like we wrote out this journey of what the soul wanted to experience in the physical realm. And it's not all peaches and cream and beautiful as, as, you know, some people may experience certain things. We may have trials and tribulations that are more than a lot of other people. And I do realize that. I mean, I have my own trials and tribulations. I'm like, why? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And, and it's like a puzzle that we put together in the physical world. Everything we go through in all our stages, each piece of that puzzle is being put together. And up until the point when you actually cross you'll see the completed puzzle and understand why. And this is what I already planned out. Mm. And now I want to go home. All right, but I'm going to go back. Do you have any other new abilities like being clairvoyant, clairaudient, premonitions, anything that you've noticed? Premonitions, most definitely premonitions. Most definitely. I've had premonitions that unfortunately, some of them were devastating and did come through in the physical realm. And um, I can talk about one of them if you want. Sure. My brother, he had um, worked in a health food store and his place called Cornucopia was in the, between the two World Trade Centers. And um, I remember one day I wanted to go there in my 20s to buy a juicer. I was into the whole juicing thing and um, took the ferry, took the bus and I got the juicer and talked to my brother and everything. And I left the building. And about two blocks away from the building, this voice, this voice comes in my mind. And it was a female voice. 
And I, I sometimes think it was that angelic being. Sometimes I think it's that voice. And the voice told me, turn around and look at those buildings. Now look upwards. And the voices, they won't be there one day. They're coming down. And I didn't believe the voice or my mind or whatever I was thinking. This was in 1993. This was in. And I dismissed it as a subconscious thought. Well, three days prior to 9-11, living on Staten Island, me and my wife were renting a home and I was in this dream. And in the dream, there were these planes crashing um, into buildings, into um, highways. And the dream was one of those real dreams again. And I, I woke up the next day in these cold sweats. I'm like, I have to tell you about this dream because it was so real. I was like, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And the morning of 9-11, I was getting ready for work. I had to work in New Jersey. I'm getting ready. And every morning I'd put on Jerry Springer for laughs, just to laugh before I go to work. Because it it's a funny show, you know. So I go to check the baby in the crib. And then I go back to the television. And there's a new station on. And I didn't put the new station on because I was watching Jerry Springer. And I see there's a fire in one of the towers on television. And I call my brother, but he was running late. And then I call my other brother and it's like, oh, it just might be a kitchen fire because it was like Windows of the World um, where the restaurant is up there. And it's like, oh, okay. And as I'm watching this, I see another plane coming in. Uh, not too long after that and and that hit and i felt this deep feeling in my gut like that was the dream and it unfolded and i was devastated i lost a lot of friends and i didn't accept that for a long time and you know something um a few years ago i lost a friend because he couldn't he was one of the first responders and he couldn't fight the cancer anymore and the breathing of all that stuff he was breathing in. He was on a respirator and he was a cop. And um, in the dream that I had a few years ago, he was near a tree and I'm being pulled to him. And I was like, Ronnie? And he looks so good. And he has that same smile that he always had. And he's looking, he's like, come over here. And I'm going over there through this thought conscience I'm like, you can see me. And it's that whole, yes, I can see you. I'm okay. I'm okay now. Everything's fine. And he just disappeared in the dream. And that gave me the validation that I want to share with other people is that the deepest form of meditation that we have, I believe, is the dream state. And when you have, when you can go to sleep with nothing on your mind and nothing eluding the Oh, I, I have this in my mind, my work, and let it all go. When you're really into that dream state, I believe that spiritual realm sometimes comes through and, and gives you that acknowledgement. I'm okay. Look at me. I'm fine. Thank you for sharing that story. Thank you. Yeah, that, That's emotional for me because I lost a lot of friends on 9-11. And the premonition and then the dream made me feel like, okay, he looks just as good as he looked when he was here, when I seen him. I've heard one of my guests, if not more than one, say that people look like they're about 30 on the other side. But you did say you saw children there too, I think. I've seen children. I've seen teenagers. I've seen people in their 20s. I've seen my grandparents who looked, again, they looked – in their 70s, but they looked a beautiful 70. Is a difference now? We think of 70s old and wrinkly. It was a look where the age didn't reflect what they would look like on that side. The soul took the perfect fit of them and presented a beauty of them through the mind's eye on that side. So they were all different ages. 
Is there any part of your NDE that you've never shared with anybody that you're willing to share today? The angelic thing, I only spoke about that on one other show uh, because that was significant to me. That was the feeling of it is really what it is. It is that being, it is that, that love that was also into the physical world. And I, I think I covered like a lot of the things, but I will say that this is something I want to say, no matter what religion, what you believe, if you have faith and you, and you pray to whoever you have to pray to and you with intentional faith and love from your feeling and you want an answer to something, you want an answer. Like I wanted an answer 15 years old. Was I really in heaven? Feel it. Trust it. And when I say trust now, I don't just mean, well, you say, well, I trust it. No, no, no. You see, you have to feel the intention of love behind the trust and accept it. And I believe you'll get an answer that you've been looking for. That's what I want to share, because that's the most important thing that I can give away on this is that feel your inner self. Separate the the mind's thoughts because the mind can play tricks and deception and falsehoods. You have to feel it from within you, from the vibration in you, and you'll get the right answer. And the answer you may have been seeking towards a loved one, um, what's next in your journey. And sometimes if you don't get an answer, it just means, hey, you're, you're not ready. You're not ready for the answer, but it will come. You know, and I talk about that puzzle being completed that we go through every step of our way. And then once you look at the physical body, say, there's the puzzle. I knew every step of the way and why it happened. You'll get it when you get to that side and live every day till it's fullest with love and empathy and from your heart and your soul. Don't live with remorse of greed and hate and pain and doing um, things towards others because that's not the reflection of energy your true soul is. And you don't want to feel any of those emotions um, going through different stages of life because I believe that can physically wear you down mentally. Do you believe in reincarnation? Most definitely. Okay. Most definitely from that experience I've had. And I remember being places in Florida and Staten Island. After that experience, I would just stop sometimes and I'd say, wait a second, I've been here before. As a teenager now, I, I would say, I've been here. I've been here before. And I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I know I was there. So I most definitely believe that we choose multiple lifetimes this is not, it is not the only lifetime. Again, I don't want to disrespect anybody's beliefs or faith. I don't want to go there. But from my journey and my experience, we have multiple lifetimes that we've chosen. We want to experience. Have you contemplated that there are more people on the planet now than ever? And since there is, why is that if reincarnation is real? I believe through my experience that when we cross over and again, there's no time there. It's as if the soul at one point may want to choose to come back to the physical realm for a different experience. And I've also been asked, well, if it's so perfect and beautiful, then why would the soul want to come back? The soul wants to complete different journeys of lifetimes and they come back to a state of awareness into, I want to be with that family. I want to be with this family. I want to experience, unfortunately, what it's like to only live a week. I want to experience what it's like for me to live a long, healthy life. And when they're picking that, we talk about more people here than on that side 
but I don't believe that to be true, Jeff. I believe that from the part I've seen, we all have a soul. We all were, we all are, and we're all going to be. In another form, I'd have to say, it's as if there's some type of parallel universe. When you cross through the veil, you cross through, but there's a part of you also that leaves a residual here in the physical realm. And that, again, I don't want to get into too much of that, but you know, sometimes we do hear about hauntings. Why would a person choose to stay here versus crossing over? Well, I, I have to be honest. I didn't have a choice. When I was pulled through, I was pulled through. There was no, I'm staying here because I'm not going through that voyage of this tunnel. And But what I did learn also is that there's free will of the spirit. And the free will is sometimes the soul may want to stay here for a bit. And we calculate time and hour and minute, and that doesn't really exist because we made it up. Hmm. So there's a, there's a set amount of, it's the same thing of the births and the souls on the other side. It, I had to say that it's the same exact thing. It's an equal thing. It's no more or less. All right. Well, I'm going to change gears on you here due to time. Now you run the Horsefly Chronicles radio what is that? The Horsefly Chronicles radio is a radio of finding out what people have experienced within the physical realm, such as near-death experiences, paranormal existence, dealing with uh, encounters with UFOs, angels, incarnations, reincarnations, deja vu. We cover a wide variety of guests from around the world and a lot of celebrities we really try to hear other people's experiences because we do know that within the physical realms, paranormal phenomenon does exist. It doesn't go on. And we try to really understand who encounters it, why they encounter it, and how they encounter it. And my near-death experience and many people who I've interviewed, their near-death experience brought them some kind of an awareness to the spiritual realm of maybe seeing a shadow or two or hearing a voice that you can't explain that comes from nowhere and having these dreams where you may be living or go into a haunted location just for curiosity. And then you may have people that come into the dream that you don't know. And it just will be that, those were the spirits from a haunted location, whether it be Winchester House or the Conjuring Home, one of these locations where I believe that I talk about this parallel universe. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that it's as if we exist on another realm simultaneously. And again, I don't want to go into too much of what I don't know, but it's it's aiming towards all these investigations and the people that we have on our shows, it's this parallel. It's as if you go into a home that has new construction but no stairs, and you hear someone going up the stairs, but stairs don't exist, only to find out the stairs did exist when it was an old cabin. Hmm. It's, it's amazing. And I hear these stories all the time, and we really try to dissect and understand it. And – it happens to a lot of people. It's like, well, there's no stairs, but they're coming down the stairs. So there it is. Wow. It's like that parallel universe. So if I wanted to listen to the radio, how would I do that? You just type in on Google, um, Horsefly Chronicles Radio, and it'll bring you right to the station. You hit a link and you're there. Hmm. We're on Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we're based out of um, Eastern Pennsylvania. It gets broadcasted to New Orleans to YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, all the other platforms. And, you know, it's an interesting listen as well. Like you have an incredible show, Jeff, and I was brought to by just um, browsing through and then seeing people's experience. I'm like, wait, I, I want to talk about this because I've encountered this. And to those that listen to your show, 
my show, it's um, it really opens up the mind's eye to say that we're not alone in the universe. Whether you believe or don't believe, keep a broad eye on what's going on with so many different people and so many different um, religions around the world. Because it, when I talk about the other side of heaven, it correlates where I say everything's connected. It somehow is all connected. Again, I don't have all these answers, but somehow it's all connected as if we already knew everything before we knew it. Hmm. So check out the station, Horsefly Chronicles Radio, Monday night, Eastern, and it's a eye-opener. I also mentioned that you're an author in the beginning. Can you tell us about some of your books and where to find them? So I wrote two books. I wrote The Horsefly Chronicles and I wrote The Curse of the Horsefly Chronicles. The Horsefly Chronicles is a my life journey of when I grew up, going through adolescence, my near-death experience that I talked about on today's show, my being pulled into the paranormal world through having some fun with a friend doing a Ouija board. And all of a sudden I'm opening up Pandora's box of the unknown, not, not even believing it. And then all things that were unnatural would start to happen in the nineties. And I talk about meeting different people and how many people are actually into the paranormal and how people communicate with the other side that you would never even think about it. And not even a clue, including some mob figures, and I don't mention names, but they, um, there were some things that they do, believe it or not. It's kind of hard to believe, but I was friends with a lot of these people, and they um, wanted to find some people, for example, that may be hiding out, and so to speak, and spirit realm is very alive, more alive than we are in some sort of way. Like I said, it could be residual, it could be that free will that that spirit didn't want to cross over anywhere. And they're able to give these answers to some things that we may or may not want to know. So, and the second book is the curse of the horsefly chronicles. And that was based off paranormal teams, investigators, psychic mediums, priests, reverends, Wiccan shamans that have came to my home in Eastern Pennsylvania to verify, validate and help with the, paranormal activity that was going on sometimes daily weekly or monthly that could not be explained i didn't realize you have a youtube channel is that also called horsefly chronicles yes there's the horsefly chronicles youtube it's not it's not really uh, we just have some videos up there and to share some of the evidence or maybe some of the investigators um or if you type in the horsefly chronicles in general whether it's google through alexa or, or series or Whatever, you'll get an abundance of information and knowledge from teams and investigators that have been on the case and talk about their experiences through other locations around the world and also what goes on within the homes and the walls of, of this this actually this house in Pennsylvania. And I, I will tell you that again, the spirit realm is they're very intelligent, more intelligent. They know more that we, we could actually think of with our minds, and they know what you're thinking going to do before you do it. So here's an example I want to give you, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Before certain teams would come here that have been on television to come investigate my home, whether they're from Long Island or California, they would always tell me through an email, not a phone call, a day or two before, like, well, I'm being visited by something. And I, I would laugh and like, really, is that true? And um, they would say, no, no, I'm being visited by this thing. It knows I'm coming to your house. <laughs> so there it is. That's how much awareness and alert that side really, really is that um, they know everything. Hmm. We're a phone call away. They're not a phone call away because there's no time and space. They can just take it in how they take it in and communicate. And I, I will say this. I want to share this, Jeff. If a person, we have all have loved ones that have crossed over, and this is important for me to share, grandparent, mom, dad, sister, brother, cousin, friend, relative, we've all had someone cross over. I promise you, the listener, I promise you from my heart, you can communicate. You may not see that person. Look for the signs. 
if again you have an intention of really wanting to communicate there may be a different smell that comes through like a perfume or cologne there may be a, a song spirits are funny with songs there may be a song like wait a second that just came on the radio and not i was thinking about this person two days ago is that a coincidence i don't believe in these coincidences i believe in everything happens for a reason look for the signs the other side is aware of you and sometimes you may have to just speak out and say hey can you hear me and you may not hear anything but i promise you you'll get to feel something if you really want to and if you don't because you're so blocked off with every day life they may come through in a dream hmm. it's never over jeff it's never over do you have anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about we are currently working on a couple things a reality show called life with the syracuses that's a show that we live in a haunted home and I have an Italian wife who lets to cook these amazing meals and some crazy kids. So it was the perfect storm and fit for like, you know, it's the perfect aspect of a show that it's funny, it's real and it's good food. And you don't know what you're going to encounter in the home sometimes, you know, that Casper, the ghost sometimes. Uh, so we're working on that and also upcoming announcement will be soon that there's a documentary slash movie that will be started being filmed. And that will be part of the actual location. And I guess the other part will be wherever they make another one of these haunted homes. And that's based on what we lived through and other people's experience of what they went through in the home and showing that, you know, there's a lot of similarities. Like we watched the Amityville horror movie, which is an old time favorite, right? Whether you want to get chills or thrills or that little, I can't sleep tonight, like going on a roller coaster and you're like, why did I go on this roller coaster? Because you want that thrill factor. But there's a lot of real too to the end of the horror. Um, and again, second and third and fourth families can move into lo locations and nothing happens. What we did learn is that certain people, like myself and my family, could be a lighthouse where you activate that side somehow. You activate it. They just know that you're that communicator and other families may not be the activators and nothing can happen. Things can lay dormant. So we wanted to bring in a documentary. We want to bring the truth that locations can really be haunted. It doesn't always have to be bad. It could be maybe a loved one or two that may be lingering around trying to communicate with you. And you just have to acknowledge and be more open and receptive to that side. And once you are, you know, my uh, my journey now, again, 54, that happened to me at 14 years old. My journey now has been nothing short of amazing. And I went through a lot. I've been through a lot of stuff. Not always very good. But as you go through it, you say, well, now I understand why that happened. Now I understand why this happened. Now I understand why that person's in my life. Now I know why I don't talk to this person. They're out of my life. You learn how the spiritual world works with you and your journey here. And you take that away through the soul's vibration. And when you cross over, it just builds that character of. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Believe, trust, have faith in yourself. Never give up. Never have self-doubt. And when all else fails, and, and this is a true statement. When all else fails, turn to the higher presence, God, have faith and ask for an answer or ask for a door to open that because maybe you feel like every door is closed around you. I have talked, again, I, I have to bring this up really quick that I've talked five or six people that have taken their own lives and I feel good about that because they were right at the end. I feel good about that. There's always an opening when you don't see the light. How I was in a tunnel of darkness and I seen that pinhole of light. I think that the creator is trying to show us something through NDEs that you're going to be in. You may be in darkness. Is that pinhole of light that take, have your thoughts pull you to that light and open up to it. And then an unbelievable world will open and help you in this realm. 
And if you don't get all the signs and the answers, I promise you through this journey, whether you have a short journey because of a sickness or it's going to be a long journey, the journey will be completed because you've written out the journey how you wanted it to play out. And you know, you don't really don't know that till you it's over. Bottom line is never give up. Thank you for that message, Philip. And when your documentary or your reality show comes out, please contact me because I'd like to do a whole nother podcast with you just on the haunted stuff. And while we're at it, we can promote your new show or your new movie. Most definitely. And I really appreciate being on your show. Like I said, you have an awesome show, Jeff. I like what you do. I like the near-death experiences because I take that to heart. I live it every day in my my surplus memory of how this unfolded for me. And and I can feel it as I'm – I've I've just started talking about this. Again, it's in my book that came out years ago, but I just started talking about it now on on these shows because I want people to know that the near-death experience is not just about me. It's about the pinhole of light that can open up another world of love for you. All right, Philip. Well, thanks again for joining us, and you have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much, Jeff. Nice meeting you, and have a great night. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, and likewise. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the Join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.